0: Bismillah ar wa ala rasulihil kareem. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah. To Allah. We seek blessings on the Prophet. Peace be upon him. We are continuing with Formations of the Secular by Talal Asad. And uh, we are uh, at the first full paragraph on page four that begins with, In today's liberal democracies.
1: In today's liberal democracies, there is a strong... In today's liberal democracies, a strong case can be made for the thesis that there is less and less of a direct link between the electorate and its parliamentary
0: representatives. Okay, that's, uh, I mean, without even finishing the sentence, that sounds like exactly right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, with the, with the, the recent election. And, and so think about how, how important this concept is, and we'll discuss it more in this paragraph, for the idea of secularism, because the, the theory of secularism is what? That, that it's people power. People are in control of the operations of the state. Secularization is is when you have a shift in institutions from authority by religious bodies, usually the church, to to authority by people who do not uh, who are not identifying as a religious authority, right? Uh, but then we're saying that the people who are running the state are getting increasingly distant from the actual masses, and then that raises uh, perhaps the same problem we have in terms of why secularism secularism formed because too much authority was given to to, uh, one particular crew. All right, continue.
1: That the latter are less and less representative of the socioeconomic interests, identities, and aspirations of a culturally differentiated and economically polarized
0: electorate. Okay. So most of this, again, is straightforward, especially in in America, January 2017. But look at the, the points that he raises. Less representative, okay, obviously if they're disconnected, socioeconomic interests, um, you know the line, it's, it's the economy, stupid, right? Identity is something we're going to talk about. You know, how does secularism play out in terms of identity? Mm-hmm. And to play, uh, think about it this way, that there is so much focus on identity in terms of religious cultures um, uh, today that, all right, what does it mean in terms of Muslim identity, right? And which is kind of related to Muslim consciousness, but the key point that is separate is action, So you have Reformed Judaism versus Orthodox Judaism. Orthodox Judaism is going to focus much more on being textually authentic. Reformed Judaism is going to focus more on the spirit of the text. And you see the same things uh, forming contemporarily in terms of Islam in America. But, I mean, there's been different examples of this throughout uh, Islamic history, with the basic point being that... (laughs) <laughs> you see a lot of discourse right now of people trying to not care about sectarian boundaries, Sunni, Shia, Ahmadiyya, Nation of Islam, and focusing more on, you know, we're all Muslim. Mm-hmm. And that's a direct consequence of secularization. Because, so do you think
2: that yeah. would be, that's a path that leads more towards like a reform style uh, group? Um, like
0: uh, a I'm, reform Judaism, I mean. Um, I think that's probably uh, a major uh, part of it um and that includes the perception that the so-called orthodoxy um is either irrelevant or they're not providing me with my needs um and this other crowd is is and at the very least we're talking about some feeling of inclusion mm. right sometimes it might even be related to uh, the sense of corruption right i mean that's one of the big forces for that started the reform movement in christianity right um um, but, yeah, we'll see what uh, Talal Asad has to say. Uh, Identity aspirations of culturally differentiated and economically polarized electorate. Culturally differentiated is, is, is naturally terminology here. And so what we're saying here is that within the state, you have people who can be noticeably different, right? I mean, I think that part is straightforward, but the way to think about this is how much are you and I different than our Jewish, Hindu, Christian, non-believing counterparts? Shop at the same stores, right? Watch the same shows. uh, Dress the same way. Um, Maybe some aspects of our consciousness are different, but in terms of our external conduct, except for maybe a total of, let's say, 10 hours a week, um, for a few people, everything else is the same. If If I'm a Muslim who only goes for Jummah, then, uh, then it might be like one hour out of my week where I'm actually different than my counterpart, right? <clears throat> and then economically polarized electorate. Uh, one of the ongoing questions in the history of, Ameri- of, of America has been why is it that you have such a difference between the rich and the poor and you don't have a revolution taking place here, right? We kind of have the inklings of that with the rise of the Tea Party and such and the election of Trump, um, but still, look at how how different uh, rich is from poor in America, and you can make similar similar uh, uh, depictions of other states, and other states will have a revolution taking place. They'll have people on the streets. Here, you don't. All right? Even though you have this polarization. Okay, let's continue.
1: And the absence of a direct reflection of the citizen and his political representation is not compensated for the for the, through the various extra par. par wait. For through the various extra-parliamentary institutions
0: connected to governance. Okay, so, so translating that to simple language, <clears throat> what are we saying here? That Okay, if my representatives are not representing me, do I have other means in society, other institutions where I have that? Right. We might call them, you know, include non-governmental organizations. Over here, there's some connection, meaning by way of social services or something. Mm -hmm. And he's saying um, that void where you have the distance between the electorate and the representatives is not compensated for in other aspects, which means the uh, representatives are almost like their own little group. We're electing them, Mm -hmm. but they do things their own way.
1: On the contrary, the influence of pressure groups on government decisions is more often than not far greater than is warranted by the proportion of
0: the electorate whose interests they directly promote. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so what are we saying here? One method we have are lobbies. Okay, Lobbies, or I mean pressure groups a better term, people who are trying to coerce through various soft diplomacy means um, um, the representatives to, to do things related to policy. And the interesting point he's making is that if you look at all of the different lobby groups, um, what they're representing is tiny populations. I mean, what's the largest lobby group? You guys know? Uh, Military lobby? Well, the AARP, uh, the American Association for Retired People. There you can say it's a big, large population. But then look at the examples he gives.
1: Uh, for example, the Farmers Union in Britain, APAC, and the oil lobby in the United States.
0: So APAC, I mean, let's say there's, um, let's say there's six million Jews in America. APAC is massively funded, um, very, very powerful lobby group, but it's there for six million people, as opposed to three hundred some, right? The oil lobby is there for a couple companies, right? And so. So what we're seeing are the complexities of, of the current secular system and they're also kind of showing that the secular system is not as ideal as people want to think it is once the rubber hits the road. It's just as complicated as any other system. Okay. Mm. Opinion polls continuously
1: monitoring the fragile collective views of citizens keep the government informed about public sentiment between elections and enable it to anticipate or influence opinion independently of the electoral
0: mandate. Okay. Now, this is interesting with this last election, right? Because (coughs) for many people, the election of Donald Trump is a contradiction of the polls, right? And so I'd be interested to see what Assad would have to say about that today with the rise of so-called fake news or the way you can just bombard the world with information and thus hide things in, in, in plain sight. But until this election, it was fair to say that Um, opinion polls are constantly being updated to see what the citizens care about, and the government uh, representatives care about that. You know, here's what the polls are saying. Here's what the polls are saying right now. There's a a scene in uh, Argo, (coughs) you know, the Ben Affleck movie where all the Iranians are zombies and clowns and such, um, where, and this is the 1970s, where they're talking about how um, um, (coughs) every time there's like an image of a hostage Um, then, um, you know, some people in middle America put like another rose on their lawn or a ribbon on their tree, and once there are enough of those ribbons, then, you know, the next, uh, the different president's going to get elected, right? And so, yeah, um, um, opinion polls become very, very important, and that leads directly into the next point, which is mass media.
1: Finally, the mass media, increasingly owned by conglomerates and often cooperating with the state. Mediate the political reactions of the public and its sense of guarantee and threat. Okay. Um, okay, I'll read the next sentence. Thus, in, cru- in crucial ways, this is not at all a direct
0: access society. Okay. So, so the media. Democracy needs mass media, right? Because that's how you're going to reach the masses, that's how the masses are going to hear you. Otherwise, you have to go all the way to, to a, um, a uh, you know, like a debate or something and that's next to impossible for almost the entire country. Even back in the age of Lincoln and Douglas, you still are relying upon the press, right? Now mass media is much, much more widespread, so you definitely need that in democracy. And the theory was, this idea of the fourth estate in terms of French organization, was that the press should be independent, and it should also be sort of a watchdog. They are the representatives, so to speak, of the masses, um, looking out for the masses by, by you know, you know fact-checking and all that and reporting what's going on, and saying they also mediate. And so they're also informing the masses of here's what the government's doing, right? Mass media is vitally important, and so what happens in fascist states is they take control of mass media. And, and just like, you know, we always hear about, you know, an imam might lose a job because, because he said something on the pulpit that the bosses didn't agree with. That's how it is with the press in many, many countries in the world. If, the, if you're determined to be a threat, um, you'll get shut down. Right? And, and so that's, uh, mass media needs to be very, very independent of government. But it says it's increasingly owned by conglomerates. Okay? And, and so, uh, you know, it used to be that the Chicago Tribune and the Chicago Sun-Times were competing with each other as well. But now they're both owned, at this moment at least, they're both owned by the same company right and and so that loses a sense of independence and what is it there's like six major corporate global international corporations that own just about all the all the different businesses and and still I don't think we're at the point that it's nothing but creating zombies but the point is that they're not as independent as as we would like to think especially in relationship to a profit motive right and the profit motive was always there anyway because you still have to sell papers but it says often cooperating with the state. This especially plays out in terms of American foreign policy. The the general approach in terms of American press is to take whatever American for, American, uh, whatever the White House says about foreign policy. Right. so there's like no independence there. <clears throat> yeah. And mediate the political reactions to the public and its sense guarantee of uh, and its sense of guarantee and threat. And so. What we, what we all definitely see is that the media is also telling us, what do we need to worry about? What do we need to get up in arms about? Right now, there's this blip in history where you have social media that's independent of mass media. And so mass media, big media, is paying attention to what are people talking about social media. And periodically, you'll hear about stories that were, went viral, you know, whether it's a political story or just some dumb video. Mm-hmm. And then the press covers it. Right, And that's going to work so long as we can still have independence in social media. Once that ends, then that route will go away. All right. So then you said, thus, in crucial ways, this is not at all a direct access society. So starting with that sentence again, read the rest of the paragraph.
1: Thus, in crucial ways, this is not at all a direct access society. There is no space in which all citizens can negotiate freely and equally with one another. The existence of negotiation in public life is confined to such elites as party bosses, bureaucratic administrators, parliamentary legislators, and business leaders. The ordinary citizen does not participate in the process of formulating policy options as these elites do. His or her participation in periodic elections does not even guarantee that the policies
0: voted for will be adhered to. So I think we all get this too, right? I mean the bottom line being that the theory of the democratic secular state or the secular democratic state is that me as a citizen, I have voice in the operations of society. And so that would be a direct access society. But there isn't anything like that, right? Uh, there is no space in which all citizens can negotiate freely and equally. Uh, instead, what do we have? We have the heads of the parties. So with the the election of Hillary Clinton as the Democratic candidate, you know, all this stuff got revealed about, you know, these backdoor discussions to promote her and to shut down Bernie Sanders, right? That's the work of the party bosses. bureaucratic administrators, parliamentary legislators, and business leaders. The business leaders is another important point to think about because, again, we understand the corporate lobbies, right? They're determining policy. So the presidential candidate is talking to me in theory, promising XYZ, but my assumption should be that you know, the candidate's not going to do any of that. The candidate's going to listen to what those pressure groups are, what those lobbyists are. And the key point then is that there's this massive disconnect between the masses, the laity, and, and the government, which is what secularization was invented to remove. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, let's, uh, let's continue. The
1: modern nation as an imagined community is always mediated through constructed images.
0: This is a powerful, powerful sentence. Okay, so the modern nation state, <laughs> you guys get excited. The modern nation state, uh, again, the idea itself is a couple hundred years old, right? And we've probably talked about this before. Some people trace it back to the the Treaty of Westphalia, 1648. But at the very least, you can say it goes back to the, the French Revolution, the American Revolution, so the late 1700s. So there's the actual physical state with borders and government and citizens, right? But then there's the imagined community, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what does it mean to be America? What's part of the American narrative? What is it that's common in all of our imaginations about America? Mm. What is it that's common among everyone across the globe in terms of their imagination about America? That's the imagined community. That is something uh, very, very potent, because even in that which we call Democrat or liberal and that which we call conservative or Republican, there's the imagination, yeah. right? So some of those things will be the same, but then, you know, the, the slant that the Democrats will have is different than the slant that the Republicans will have in their imagination. Just like when you imagine Muslims in America, there's something that all three of us have in our imagination, whatever that is. Uh, it could uh, include uh, a race. It could include a gender It could include a particular approach of a masjid. Whatever it is, this is all imagined. And it's mediated through constructed images. This is not something that organically just forms. It is constructed, right? And so with all all the nation states of the world, you're going to see their their whole narrative. Pakistan has a whole narrative, Mm. right? India has a whole narrative. China has a whole narrative. Mm. All these different countries have have their narratives. Sorry. There's a story. Yeah. yeah. And
2: or
0: there's like a national myth. Yeah, a national myth is another way to 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 think about it and this is constructed. Mm-hmm. Right? This is not something that just involves as uh, natural. That is some of it. It's but presented as that that,
1: that yeah. this is just like it this is all like this is what happened and now we're just presenting to you instead of like this might have happened, but we have like people yeah. sitting around and like dressing it up and mm-hmm. making it like this big
0: thing. yeah, even when we say make America great again." Yeah. Uh, which decade is that referring to? because uh, if it's referring to the founders all the way through 1860, then we're talking about slavery. Yeah. right If we're talking about 1860 to the 1930s then we're talking about reconstruction yeah. and Jim Crow. If we're talking about 1930s to the 1960s, then we're talking about the civil rights movement. Um, so, so when is that? When yeah. is, you know, and when was there a period where America was not at war? Yeah. Right. Mm. And so, so that is all mythology. And because that's, that was the whole platform, I mean, so the, the electorate, electoral platform will be, okay, I'm going to do all these policies for which, uh, Trump gave no detail at all. Right. And then there's the myth. What was the slogan? Uh, oh yeah. I'm with her. Yeah. Right, so that's a very, very potent, uh, potent slogan, or what was it? Was Obama's? Was something related really to change? Or it was, or it change? It was, or just hope and change, or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Or change, well, yeah.
1: change was the first one. I think. No, yeah. hope was the first one. Hope was oh. the first one,
0: but in any case, so
1: right. Yeah, or like yes, we can.
0: Now. Yes, we can. I think that was it. Yeah. yeah, and so this is constructed, and in our contemporary era, it's not just constructed. It's constructed with PR experts. No, for sure. Right.
1: I remember. Um, you know, I read a lot of, like, uh, uh, brand design blogs mm. where they re- review, like, logos and things mm-hmm. like this. And when they did, like, Obama's compared to, like, the people he ran against first with Hillary and mm-hmm. then second with Romney. Yeah. They just talked about how much better his logo was. Like, it just, yeah. it, it it resonated with his message because... Like, it gives you this, it was like the sun rising on the fields of America, Uh whereas, like, Hillary's, you know, was very stock, Mm -hmm. or Romney's was very sort of, like, Mm -hmm. you know. And and they talked about how much better it was, and then you, you get a sense of, like, oh, this is... It's, it's very pointed and you know done for a reason mm-hmm. to like make people feel a certain type of way.
0: That, I mean uh, that's uh, 100% true. A point that's never discussed about those Trump hats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that say the red hats that say make America great again, they are designed exactly like the type of hats you see in the Bible belt. Yeah. Same font and everything, yeah. right? Uh, that's a part that's uh, again, this is not accidental. Mm-hmm. All right, let's continue when Taylor says
1: when Taylor says that a modern democracy must acquire a healthy dose of nationalist sentiment, he refers to the national media, including national education, that is charged with cultivating it.
0: Okay, so Charles Taylor is perhaps the foremost thinker about secularization. He has a really big book called On the Secular Age, which if we ever get to it, inshallah, we should, we should also read. Um, and at the speed we're going, you know, we might have to wait till we're on the other side, inshallah. But... Uh, <laughs> so, so he says when Taylor says modern democracy must acquire a healthy dose of national sentiment. So there's the mythology, okay, and then uh, national media, okay, or which is coming from national media as well as education.
1: I you know this is something I I, uh, I always talk to these guys whenever we talk about politics and stuff. We always talked about you know like how because yeah, I'm I'm seen as a guy who like I pretend like I don't like America type of thing in my circle group. And, oh, that was pretending. Well, I mean, I mean on a certain level... It this has is to, all recorded. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I, I, I I like that's I fine. Like, I don't care. I don't to pretend. Like. No, I mean, like, I have, I, I have to be... Okay. I have to be honest with myself and realize, like, if I really, really dislike it, like, I wouldn't be here type of yeah. thing. But, like, and I always, like, one of the things I always bring up to these guys is, like, you know, being, like, the third culture kid, because I grew up in India for a while, and coming here, like, I always felt, like, outside of it. Uh, you know, that myth. You feel outside Uh of the myth a little bit. Uh And so you, certain things you can kind of like, why am I being fed this? You know, this Uh is weird. And one of those things was, I remember I give them the, always this example of how, when I was in like fourth or fifth grade social studies class, and we went over the, the um, atomic bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, like our teacher like rationalized it to like fifth graders yeah. he said like he mentioned the death toll and like in my head i'm like these are civilians these are people who did nothing to you and you wiped them yeah. off the face of the earth and then he goes he's like but we had to like we had to do uh-huh. this and this war was going to go on and it was like it was going to be way more casualties if we did that i'm like how do you know like as, you know as a fifth grader i'm thinking these yeah. things you know uh-huh. and i was like Like, I realized as I got older, I was like, this is the national myth. This is what we're being fed. Like, Mm -hmm. we just completely normalized, like, the the genocide, you know what I'm saying? Whatever Mm -hmm. the term is, Mm -hmm. of two entire cities in the world. Like, Mm -hmm. millions of people just vaporized. And we, like, it's like nothing to us in that, you know, in that context. That's so crazy. And,. Like, and people don't think, like, like that's your education system that did that. It wasn't the media, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You want to, like, people don't have a negative view of the education system yeah. like that. Like, yeah. that's in your history book.
0: That's literally in the history books. Yeah. And so, that's where, that's who is charged with cultivating this, uh, this uh, nationalism. I
1: remember,
2: I was the first person to tell me American ex- exceptionalism wasn't real. <laughs> it was really hard to,
1: like, deal with. Really? So, like, <laughs> are, you, are you still recovering? Yeah. I
2: don't
0: know if I believe him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's continue.
1: For the media, <laughs> for the media are not simply the means through which individuals simultaneously imagine their national community. They mediate
0: that imagination, construct the
1: sensibilities
0: that underpin it. So this is again something that we all take for granted, but we don't realize how much we buy into it, mm-hmm. right? The media is teaching us behavior, right? So when you raised watching television, or in this era you know, going through social media, you're being taught behavior, which includes being taught how you interact with people, what you take as a priority. And so it's not that the media is just giving us information and just being biased, it's actually guiding us. Mm. And it's guiding us with more strength than say you know, a teacher has. Mm. That's how potent the media is. Mm-hmm. And they construct the sensibilities for us that we're supposed to have. Mm. Right? And this is, and even that, it's not merely just profit motive. You know, like, you know, the conversation I often have with people is, for example, at Disney, how much Joseph Campbell permeates Disney. And then as soon as, uh, which is interesting because a lot of that started with Star Wars. Disney took it on. Now, Disney's taken over Star Wars, and it's, again, this aggressive... Who's Joseph Campbell? Joseph Campbell was a mythology scholar. Uh, he died probably about 15 years ago mm-hmm. uh, from California, and he he is of the view that all cultures have mythologies. Oh, is this the monomyth guy? Uh, probably. I don't remember if he uses that term, but it probably is. And so... Um, he, and so then he says that all cultures have mythology, and at the center of all mythology is a hero. Mm-hmm. And all the heroes go through more or less the same six or seven steps.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, this is what, uh, Sheikh, uh, Abdul-Hakim Murad was talking about okay. when he, remember he had that piece, yeah, that yeah. YouTube video commenting on the yeah. first Star Wars movie, yeah. the first remake or whatever, or the, yeah. the new one? And he said he brought, I don't know if he mentioned that name, but he said, uh, George Lucas was a huge
0: fan of him. Yeah, George and Lucas he is taken directly like, from George Yeah, Gown. he used to talking yeah. about the Monument or whatever. Yeah. And the key point that I want to take for our purposes is that these things are constructed with a philosophy behind them. Mm-hmm. So part of it is, is you know, PR analysis, marketing research, but part of it is actual philosophy.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? I, can I also, I think this is why, like, Um, I'm thinking right now about how like a movie like The Matrix resonated well with people because it's essentially a metaphor for all of this, Mm -hmm. right? Where like, you know, these robots are creating this like sort of imagined, you know, like dream for all of us that we all share And also, like, they, but they take care of our, like, physical needs as well, too, Mm -hmm. in these pods. But we Mm -hmm. have no idea, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, and if we wake up from this dream, we'd be like, oh, my God. And this is sort of, like, you know, reading stuff like this, you're, like, kind of, like, stepping Mm -hmm. away from it. And it's like, oh. You know, or what non said, like, when Umar said... I didn't believe him, and I don't know if I still do, but that's very real. Like, it's very hard... I was joking. You know? No, I'm <laughs> or, just saying, record, like... Yeah. No, yeah. I, on record. some level, I think that's still real, because, like, even someone like me, like, you know, these guys, like, they again, going back to where my points were, like, yeah. they really tried hard, I remember, to sell me on, like, Obama, for example. Mm-hmm. And I realized... Even myself, who is very sort of anti-stuff like that, like, you yeah. buy in. Oh, totally. Like, he's way better to me than, like, Hillary even now. And yeah. I'm like, and why I love, should I he the be... love
0: the Obama mythology. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, you know, and, and then you catch yourself, like, wait, why is that? Like, why <laughs> am I, you know, like, why is Hillary this, like, <laughs> evil? You know, you yeah. see it that way. But then Obama's like, oh, Barack oh, Hussein, yeah. you know. Well, like,
2: Obama will smile and you'll be like, "Aye, <laughs> yeah. cool man, no, I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's fascinating. How many feminists love Bill Clinton? Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's like this massive womanizer. Yeah. And feminists, feminist women have told me, like, I know all that, but there's just something about him. I Maybe mean, that's why some massive womanizer he's successful it's, at it. He like, just, just has that, that
1: all that charm, you know?
0: That much of a horrible player. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, bro. Okay.
1: Uh, when Taylor says, "When Taylor says that the modern state has to make citizenship the primary principle of identity, he refers to the way it must transcend the dif- different identities built on class, gender, and religion, replacing conflicting perspectives by unifying
0: experience." Okay, so what is the effective goal of sure. education media? It's to make you into a citizen. Yeah.
2: So, is that you were at? You said earlier why hasn't there been a yeah. quote unquote revolution? This would be why. Because this would be replaces, the major reason. Yeah. it replaces all other notions of mm-hmm. identity, or it takes like precedent. Like you're not gonna, it's the foundation, and you're not gonna replace that for yeah. something that you see less important.
0: So, so your identity is secondary. Yeah. To your state citizenship. Right. And you don't realize it. Wow. Right, because you know we're all thinking about Islam all day long. Yeah. But. Let's say I'm thinking about Islam. Let's say total exaggeration. Let's say I'm thinking about Islam or my Islam 18 hours a day. Yeah. 24 hours a day, I'm an American. Right. In practice. Yeah. And that's the invisible part of it. Mm. Could you also say even as I'm sleeping, I might go to bed as a Muslim, but I'm still going to bed as an American. Every inch of that, every second of that.
1: Could you also say that's because like America and maybe like very few other states. I could, off the top of my head, I would say like maybe Canada, America. Mm-hmm in, like, Australia or something, where these are states where, like, the majority of the populace are people who came over, or descendants of people Mm -hmm. who came over, whereas, like, you know, you're thinking of, like, South America, where these, you know, things Mm -hmm. happen, there's, there's, like, the people that came over share those countries a lot of times with people that have still been there, or descendants of people, In in way more numbers than, like, people, you know like here in America for example. Like so you're name, saying in
0: South America there's Yeah, like you there's know there's a lot more of indigenous culture. Yeah, present. so
1: like they retain those identities. Those are a lot stronger to mm-hmm. them than like, you know, like you know, you look at like oh, was it was at Bolivia for example, they had that like first one recently that socialist sort of revolution. Uh-huh. But it started off from ethnic identity. They were mm-hmm. all like native, you know natives natives who were like you know Evo Morales himself the guy who won the presidency before he even got to that point of being a political leader of the country he was they already chose him to be the leader of all their tribes mm-hmm. like you know so like he rode that wave you can easily tell that where here it's like you know everyone has to once you come into America America sort of like consumes you into its mm-hmm. melting pot myth, mm-hmm. right? It It's like a, it's like almost like this, like, uh, what's the word? Like, you know, it's like a, like a gambler's trick type, mm-hmm. you know, where you're fed one thing and that makes you whatever. But mm-hmm. then by you buying into that, you're, you're buying into America where you're like okay. fed, Oh, we're diverse here. Mm-hmm. We have a melting pot here. So you're like, oh, I can be comfortable here. And you think, oh, I have my identity mm-hmm. too. But then really, no, you're, you're, you're American now. Okay, you
0: know? but everything you just said also confirmed exactly the same thing for Bolivia. Oh, really? Because all these tribes are uniting with their leader mm-hmm. is as Bolivians.
2: Oh, damn, that's real. Right? I never disrespect
0: the state. So there's of... more of the impression... Then, that, then why, that, would the, why would the as,
1: revolutions happen? Like in those But
0: countries? what kind of revolution is it? It's a socialist revolution, uh, which is coming from Europe.
1: Oh no, I mean, I meant in yeah. just terms of revolutions. I don't like sure, you know, sure, like uh, just where they like they're using that sort of as a platform. I mean, I don't know. Like, so
0: you don't see them carving their own state.
1: Uh, right? They don't the become. Wow, that's crazy. That's state. crazy how deep. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, don't. The
2: they're not like we're. It's not for we our own state. Yeah. yeah, it's not for like any sort of. It's to take over the state apparatus. Yes. Yeah. But the state apparatus isn't is as an entity isn't gonna isn't it's
0: disappearing. Still yeah, that's,
1: that's also I it's think taken that, as fact. Wow. Yeah. Assumed to be. Like is that, that also why like? Wow, that's. Um, <laughs> is that you could say that's also why. Um, ISIS is presented as that, like as yeah. a state, because like let's be real, they're a sham of a of a state, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone...
0: What makes them a sham of a state?
1: Like I, just the way they're run, you know what I'm according
0: saying? According to? Well, oh, that's the other day. Yeah, yeah. according, to, sure our according yeah. to our
1: ideas of a state.
0: According to our ideas of a state.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. No. Like we're we're. I have pre- not heard
0: anything to contradict it.
1: Yeah. Right. No, what I'm saying is that's that's why we're, they're presented as such. Like, yeah. You know, like they're like. Oh, they're, they're presented people. as this rogue militia. Yeah, you know, right. but like it's like. Oh, kind of, so you're saying? But aren't they presented state. as a state though? By they, us? They're presented as people as like a warm state.
0: Well, like, they're presented as a people who, who strictly enforce the land that they're controlling. Yeah. Right. Uh, but even then, because uh, we call it the Islamic State, in yeah. ISIS uh, in Iraq and Syria but the depiction of it is more of of this like this world group uh, that's just like, here for a little while or
2: or even in the way they they depict them they'll say oh okay this is the territory they actually yeah, control yeah exactly right. mm. and so they'll you'll yeah. see little pockets of red but like yeah. the vast swaths of desert will just be in like, could you in say brown. could you like, say it, it, it won't be seen, it's not seen as real sort of control like
0: north yeah. korea or something yeah i mean when you say north korea you're talking about a specific plant right. uh, you're, uh, not you're not saying the government as, that north korea like, the territory is
2: a, you're not acknowledging it as a is that also in a way to, like, they want to fight them? They're not going to, quote-unquote, acknowledge them? Yeah, exactly.
0: They're not legitimizing them. Could yeah. you also... So that you was the same issue with the Taliban? Go further? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And say that this tells you that there's a lot more, sort of, control over ISIS that America has than we, we, sort of, intimate to our through our media? Because, yeah. like, if you're telling me... Or
0: I'd say a lot more influence of that environment. Yeah, yeah like, yeah.
1: because... If you're telling me you, the very nature of your language about this group is a very temporary language, yeah. that, you know you wouldn't use saying, that language if they were so, way more than, a yeah, than you yeah. I'm saying do.
0: that's part of the PR war, yeah. which is part of the war. Yeah. Right. So the Taliban was never recognized as a country as a state, except like by Chechnya or something yeah. like that, right? And so that also made it possible to frame them as just a militia, yeah. which means getting rid of them is far less than overturning a state. Yeah. Right,
2: because right, if, if, if you want to go to war with the Taliban, I know, yeah. it, with, not the... Uh, yeah, No, we did that already, but I'm yeah. saying, if you want to go to war with ISIS, <laughs> yeah, it's much different than saying we're going to wage war on, like, Iran or yeah. North Korea. Yeah, exactly. Because those are states yeah. that have, like, a national machinery. You're going yes. to war with another nation. Mm. Yeah. But if you're going to invade ISIS-controlled territory... You right, just make it sound like,
0: like a bunch of guys in jeeps and guns. Right, and, Yeah. Um, Wow. That's part of the PR war, which is part of the bigger war, yeah, wow. right? And, and recognition is a big part of that, right? The prophet, peace be upon him, was not recognized until the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And then after Hudaybiyah, then he started sending <laughs> letters all over the world, right? This is, this is part of, of the, the PR battle. <laughs> we're like... We're like-
1: Mm, the Prophet wasn't recognized either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, so when Taylor, what I was <laughs> yeah. no,
1: I just laughed. I was like, "That's so easy mm-hmm. for like I was thinking of some the, like the power of the state." Yeah, some, some Muslims
0: are, like mm-hmm. you do think like take that lesson. No, Yo, Muslims like either. We can be. Like, you like, you don't
1: have to be recognized. Yeah, and that, <laughs> and, that,
0: and that that opens the door for a lot of people they have like in these these rural groups. Yeah. Yeah, I think no, that's just, also why
1: there like so many people you hear about like Muslims just up from like a you know. Sort of calm country like south africa or england yeah. or something just up and moving to freaking yeah you know, so like, so some utopia. Like it's yeah. a
2: very romantic like uh uh-huh. it's so i so many times like i feel like we and this is such a cycle but like we reduce the prophetic legacy to some romanticized notion of like not belonging yeah or like
0: yeah being and, in exile yeah,
2: yeah and it's like it's not you know even if that was a part of the prophet's journey, mm-hmm. his goal was like to get closer to God. It wasn't about like being in that state. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes we're like, oh, it's okay that we're like this because, you no, know, yeah. like the, there was a bigger picture there. Yeah. It was a project like, that was, he was working on. It. Absolutely,
0: yeah. There it is, Yeah. And so, so he's saying that Taylor says it must transcend the different identities built on class, gender, religion, Replacing conflicting perspectives by unifying experience. So your experience is outweighing your perspective. Meaning what you and I are living right now throughout this whole conversation is by default unspoken, being American. So no matter, if, if I criticize America every waking moment of my life, my life is actually showing me that I'm showing that I'm an American. It'd be different if I get up and move somewhere else. I'm not moving anywhere else, I can say whatever I want still an American by default, even if I don't admit it to myself.
1: Then, would you say, I mean, I guess this is what the book sort of kind of is going to get to as well in probably I'm jumping the gun, but mm-hmm. I mean, essentially, reading all of this and sort of zooming out, you're like, this is just another religion that you're creating. Which yeah. is a perfect
0: segue into the very next sentence. SubhanAllah. <laughs> uh,
1: in an important sense, this transcendent mediation is secularism. Yeah. The, secular, the oh. transcendent mediation yeah
0: is secularism. That's what we're talking about, yeah. right? This it's it's this mixture of the imagination and the operations of the state reinforcing the imagination. Right? Sounds like a religion. Yeah, right? Because it's a value system. So we often part of the mythology is to describe secularism as no religion. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. As zero. Uh but it is a value system just as much as Christianity, Islam, Judaism. There might be more complexities in those, um, but it's a value system in itself. Okay. So you, know,
2: you see that in people who, like... Uh, isp- <clears throat> Excuse me. Especially when, like, uh, just from a very peripheral vision, looking yeah. at, like, events overseas and, uh-huh. like, Muslims here, right? So an example would be, like, uh, with what's going on in Egypt or what happened in Turkey. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of people... Um, you can sort of see the quote-unquote secular side or whatever you want to call them, the liberals, right? Like, the the way they go to defend the state or, like, so when, like, CC took over, mm-hmm. like, they'd be like, well, no, no, no. It, yeah. was, it was to protect, quote-unquote, the secularism. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that? Mm-hmm. Right? You you know, the very liberties or whatever you, like, found to, like, mm-hmm. uh, value and protect. Like, you're willing to go against them for the cause of this greater, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, secularism. Yeah. Right? And that's why I always found it strange, especially with Turkey, like, there'd always be these coups mm-hmm. to protect secularism. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, you know, it, it, it shows you there's something much sort of darker underlying yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, if you guys like don't like religion, but this is like, how is this any different?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we often say, you know, Islam is a way of life. And the vast majority of Muslims will tell you that Islam is more important to them for everything else. But we all live in America. Our actions show that America is more important to us than Islam.
1: Could you also say then, on a sort of counter, not a counter, but just another perspective on this, um, is this why Islam seems to be problematic for a lot of these, like the Muslim communities of these secular states, especially in the West, they seem to be problematic to them because they feel on some level, I I mean obviously what you said is true that we're sort of American or we're British or whatever, but on some level, these states see Muslims not sort of <clears throat> fully buying into that. Mm-hmm. And that's why we, you know, back after, nine we had those conversations where we, or, you know, where we're like, what are you first? Mm-hmm. Are you Muslim or American? Even though the reality, obviously, was they were American. Yeah. But you get, you know, and there were Muslims who answer that. And now, we, you know, I don't, what I guess want to know is, is that something intrinsic to... Islam, or is that something that just happens to be who the secular state is targeting at this uh-huh. time? Uh-huh. And they might have, you know, done that with, like, Native Americans or sure, whoever. Sure. You know, whichever group that was the
0: sort of the enemy. Uh-huh. So I'd say it's yes to all those in different ways. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. way to see is this something uh, unique to Islam is to look at the other traditions, but you see the rise of the right in every religion right now. Mm. You see it in Hinduism, you see it in Buddhism, mm. you see it in Judaism, you see it in Christianity, yeah. and you see it in Islam. Yeah. So one aspect of this is a global phenomenon, which I suggest part of it is a pushback mm-hmm. against nation states, mm. right? Um, and uh, I think in another aspect, some of it is unique to Islam, because we do speak very much about the polity of the prophet peace mm. be upon him, mm-hmm. right? You don't have that in Christianity, right? Uh, we do speak of the prophet as, as political leader. We do speak of the prophet someone, as general. And so some of that is, is hardwired within us mm-hmm. in ways that it is not in other traditions. Mm-hmm. In Judaism, you can say the law is hardwired, and then that has, has political consequences. But we're talking, or, um, or you can even say Jesus' message, as we look in terms of him with the Roman Empire, has definite political consequences. We're saying our message is political, right from yeah. the start. Yeah. With political consequences. Like we have yeah.
1: we have like all of those, plus yeah. we yeah. have someone and like we have the law, yeah. we have the way Salad yeah. Salad Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reacted yeah. to the Quraysh. Yeah. And we have him after we that. Tax, dude. Yeah, <laughs>
2: we have tax. Yeah. yeah. You know so, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, there was an article I was reading by Shadi Hamid. I think yeah. I mentioned it to you Probably, as yeah. as, but uh
1: Oh, the Islamic exceptionalism. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think it was a you know a preemptive book, and he said uh, he quoted a historian, and I forgot I forgot the guy's name. I can get it to you, but he said something that stuck with me, and he was like, you know, the po- uh, the historian said the political unity. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The spiritual unity of the Muslim ummah mm-hmm. requires political expression.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. And he was saying it in reference to the institution of you know the Khalifa. like mm-hmm. even though. Uh, the 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 office itself might have been marginalized or not really had that much power or might not even been seen as that important. Mm-hmm. It was understood as something that was always there yeah. and that will always be there. Yeah. Right. And he was talking about sort of that crisis that like yeah, the Ottomans. Will, yeah. Right, but after the fall of the Ottoman Empire, it's gone, mm-hmm. and so it's like there's this you know there's this search for answers mm-hmm. and how do we deal with that? Yeah. Because we. At a, at a real level we we have that tradition of mm-hmm. having a political office, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's no longer here and what are we gonna do?
0: Yeah.
1: So. Yes sir. This is a side point, but I could could <clears throat> would you could you also say, like reading sort of this definition of how secularism works, I also get a very similar sense that by extension, you know, in sort of modern society, corporations work very
0: similarly so as well. I think uh, Already in many countries, we have corporations that are more powerful than the nation, mm. right? So one uh, controversy that's, r- that's rightfully re-rising is Shell oil versus the Nigerian people, mm. right? You know, the way Shell is, is pumping oil uh, has the government under its control, uh, but it's feeding all this pollution into Nigerian land, Nigerian water. And what I what seems to be the case is more and more, Multinational corporations are stronger than nation states, Mm -hmm. and so it may be in a couple decades, maybe less, that the way our borders on a map right now are nation states, um, the actual forces are going to be multinational corporations, right? Because you can even, in a way, say that about the American government—that the American military is so powerful. Those are corporations; they're military corporations; they're military contractors, and and so you know we call these the market states, Mm. right? It's like it's like some like. Dystopia in the future, you
1: know, you like you watch yeah. some, you read some science fiction, or you watch a movie. It's like, you know, I don't remember which specific. It's like, oh, the guild control. That's the yeah. guild control, like sure, yeah. lines, You know, you go there yeah. and it's like, And
0: it's, but we're living in the dystopia. We just yeah. don't realize it. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. That's that's so, so, so
1: trippy. That's why. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I'm saying. But like you, it's it's this weird moment where you're just like, hey, what, wait what? what yeah. This is here right now. But no mm-hmm. one like. It's funny, like how I guess is how much we've all bought in. Where all of these things are sort of like, oh yeah, the Matrix. And it's like the people who say, no, we're actually living in something like that. No, you're a weirdo. Like, yeah. don't talk about life no, like that. It's like.
2: Things like that happen very slowly, right? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, it I wouldn't mean, work. Like, the thing is, it wouldn't work if people didn't <coughs> accept it. Mm-hmm. Now and that's like, what there, I'm saying. There shouldn't be a surprise yeah. at the fact that people don't care. Mm-hmm. No, my
1: thing isn't that it's a surprise that people, like, it's like. Once you know, or it's presented to you, sure. like, you don't want to wake up out of the dream. Yeah. Like, that's, right, that's well, the like, surprise.
2: That's what I'm saying, because, like, it requires almost too much out of you to, like, I'm saying at a certain level, you have to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You have to.
1: I think it's faith. I think that's what it is. It's like, you know, you can't, like, uproot your system of belief. Like, you can't just say, this is all a sham. Yeah. Because you bought it, and you can't, like, that's like, you know, it's like converting someone to another religion that takes, that like, you know, that, that that effort and that journey is like, it's a very monumental journey. You mm-hmm. can't just be like, hey, I just told you. It's like, you know, it's like, a, it's like the promise saw like mm-hmm. when he, when he was on the hill, you know, and he came to his people and he said, what if I told you mm-hmm. that this is all a lie, essentially, mm-hmm. and you know, this is the truth, this is the reality. And they were like, you're a liar. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they made their, the most truthful man they ever mm-hmm. had a liar yeah. because of that, because he was just destroying, he's taking the veil away, you mm-hmm. know. That's
0: crazy. Okay, uh, let's start um, next time, inshallah, with this sentence again, in, important, in an important sense, the transcendent mediation is secularism, um, and we'll read through the rest of the paragraph. Um, and so we'll stop right here, inshallah. All right. All right. <laughs>